We are at the last of our series that we started in this month called uh, This Changes Everything. Now, what we've seen is there are certain truths in the Bible that if we really grasp these sweeping truths and we hold on to them and we believe them and believe what God has said in His Word about them, it can change everything in our life. Everything in our life about, about what we, uh, how we live our life, about our faith. The first week we talked about God became a man. And that changes everything. Hey, look, God went from the, the one up there to the one here with us. That changes everything. The second week we talked about God's power lives in me. The Holy Spirit, the same one who filled Jesus on the earth, can fill us and can use us in the power of the Holy Spirit. That changes everything. Then last week, Pastor Jay brought the message, powerful message, that God has given us authority over darkness. We don't have to tolerate Satan. We have authority over Satan and over sin. And that changes everything. And so that brings us to today. Now, God has established some natural principles in, in all of creation that are unbending. They're unchangeable. Certain things just happen with consistency. They always happen. Isaac Newton, back in the 1600s, was sitting under an apple tree, so to speak, and an apple fell to the ground. And he said, hmm, isn't it amazing that every time an apple falls, it falls down, it doesn't go up, it doesn't go sideways, it goes down. And that developed into the scientific truth that is a law called the law of gravity. The law of gravity says what goes up must come down. And it always does. It always is true. On the earth, it's always true. There's, a, there's the law of energy. You know, that, that law of energy says energy is constantly flowing. Energy is not created. It is not diminished. It just moves from different places. There's always the same amount of energy. Then there's what's called... There are a lot of these. I'm just naming a few. Uh, the law of cause and effect. For every cause, there's an effect. And every effect you see, there was a cause. Um, basically, everything we do and say affect people around us. And everything they say and do affects us. It's true. Then, of course, there's that famous law of thermodynamics. Let me deal with what that means. That means things are getting... Not more complicated over time, but they get less complicated. If, if a person dies and you put them in the ground, they do not get younger. They decompose. That's what the uh, law of thermodynamics is. It's a, it's a law. It's true. Well, if, if God has written natural laws into his creation, there are also some moral and spiritual laws that God has in the earth that are true. Uh, the fact that someone didn't believe in the law of gravity doesn't mean the law of gravity is not true. And the, the fact that some people don't believe that God has certain laws doesn't mean they're not true. And doesn't mean they don't work. So um, God has written some moral and spiritual laws that affect all of us, all of creation. And if we ignore them and just act like they're not there, it's going to bring the ruin of someone's spiritual life. And that's the truth. So today, we're going to look at just one of God's unbending, uh, God's consistent laws called the biblical law of sowing and reaping. Yep, 
the biblical law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, let me read it. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, what goes around comes around. <laughs> That's another way of putting it. What goes around comes around. Sowing and reaping is part of our natural world, both in agriculture and in spiritual things. And that's why God has, has talked about that. The law of sowing and reaping applies to everybody, rich, poor, male, female, doesn't matter. Everybody, it's the same law and affects all of us. Everybody's sowing, everybody's going to reap. We reap what we sow. It's a law. Too many believers think they can go and sow wild oats out there and then go to church on Sunday and pray for a crop failure. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. God says he will not be mocked by man. We can, we can scheme and try to get around it and try to make it not affect us. and, and all that kind of, But that's not true. It won't work. Eventually, what goes around comes around. So today what we're going to do is we are going to look at that law of harvest, the sowing and reaping. We're going to look at it and, uh, and try to share with you some of the truths around it that sort of help unpack it and sort of help define it, okay? Um, there, was this, there was this preacher, and he was driving, this is a true story, he was driving down the, the highway in, in somewhere, and, and as he was driving along, he, he had been in the woods, and all of a sudden he came to this opening, and he looked out there, and there was this beautiful, beautiful field, this, this farm that was just gorgeous, just rows and rows of, just beautiful. And he was just overwhelmed that in the middle of this forest area, somebody had made this giant farm and it was beautiful. And so he turned in and he just sat there looking at it and, and he saw a, a farmer down there on a tractor a little further down. And so he drove down there and he got out and he walked up and he said, excuse me, this is your farm? He said, yeah. He said, wow. He said, I just want, you know, this is the most beautiful farm I've ever seen. He said, well, thank you very much. He said, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I just want you to know God has blessed you with the most beautiful farm. He said, yes, he has. I am so grateful. You ought to see this place when God had it, before I got a hold of it. <laughs> and they both sort of chuckled, and the preacher went and got back in his car and said, well, that was a little arrogant of him, wasn't it? Then as he drove off, he thought, no one. No one. God gave him the land and told him to plant, and God would produce a harvest. Listen carefully. It's not what God gives you. It's what you do with what God gives you. Now think about it. Think about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says this. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. He says this. God gives you the seed. You plant the seed and you make the bread and you get to share and eat the bread. You're involved in it. We all have a, have a part. We are involved in it. When God created Adam, he gave him the ability to grow and to multiply everything. Everything that we see with our natural eye begins with a seed, including humanity, including children. 
It all begins with a seed that grows and multiplies. Jesus spoke of sowing and reaping a lot in his ministry, did he not? He talked, he had parables about it. He, he talked a lot about sowing and reaping. He, he talked about the, the farmer who goes out and, and he sows seeds, some of it in good places and in bad places, in good soil and some on rocky soil and in weedy soil and where the birds can eat. He talked about a lot about sowing and reaping, a lot about it. Uh, Jesus saw sowing as how we live our life or how we believe and trust God's Word or how we have our faith or how we treat other people. All of those things were seeds that are planted by our scattering those seeds. That's how Jesus saw it. So sowing can be for us not just giving money in the offering plate and hoping we get a, a harvest back. But sowing is how we deal with our children, how we sow seeds in our children and in our grandchildren and in our employees and in our employers and in our neighbors and in our friends and in our enemies and in our finances and our words and our deeds and our faith and our prayers and our life. It's our whole life. That's what sowing seed. It's our whole life. God has given us seed to sow. Now, there's some truths about sowing and reaping, and so we can unpack that. I want to share these truths with you, and here goes. Number one, we choose what we sow and where we sow. That's true. I remember when Peggy and I were first married, we decided we were going to make, make our first garden. And uh, so we, you know, we had this little patch, this real small area there, and we got it ready as best we knew how. And I remember this, we planted cucumbers, seeds over here, and right next to it, we planted hot peppers. Oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had hot cucumbers. <laughs> because what we planted and where we planted it did make a difference. <laughs> and it does make a difference. And what we plant and where we plant does make a difference. You see, there's good seed and bad seed. There's Mild seed and hot seed, okay? There's good and bad. It's our choice whether we plant good seed or bad seed. And it's also our choice of where we plant it. That's why Jesus said there was a, a, a planter and he went out and some he threw in good soil and some he threw in rocky soil. It matters. If it's put in the wrong place, it's going to die. It's not going to be good. It's not going to work. It has to be put in good soil. That was what Jesus taught, and that's how it is with us. He actually said about planting and sowing, saying you need to hear and speak these things. It's amazing how what we hear and what we say have a lot to do with the seeds we plant. Years ago, I had a student in master's commission who came in and um, was pretty new to the Lord and, and was saying, Lord, turn my life around, change me. And this, this, this young lady told me, she said, I remember when I was uh, six years old, I was getting ready to go to school for the first time. She said, I went in, and she said, I was living with my grandmother, and said, I went into my grandmother and says, I gotta have, I gotta have school supplies. I gotta, the teacher gave me, I gotta buy these school supplies and clothes. And the girl said, Oh, yeah, we need to go get your school supplies. And she said, That's the day she taught me how to shoplift. She said, Every year I shoplifted my school supplies throughout all of school. <laughs> Folks, that's called sewing. That's called sewing. All right? Where do kids usually learn profanity? 
parents <laughs> or older siblings. Uh, yeah, we can say school, but generally it's at home. That's called sewing. Children learn from their parents very quickly whether telling a lie is useful or whether it is completely taboo. And that's true. Most people learn to lie by listening to what their parents do. That's called sowing. So what we sow and where we sow it can change everything for good or for bad. Here's the second thing. Second thing. A seed always produces after its own kind. If you take an orange seed and you plant it, it doesn't grow uh, anything but an orange tree. It's not going to be an apple tree. It's going to be an orange tree. The seed always produces the same thing. A flower seed produces a flower. A weed seed produces a weed every time. Now, there are no, there are no exceptions. If I disrespect my wife, then I should not be surprised when I have marriage difficulties. That's the seed I was sowing. If I ignore a stop sign, I shouldn't be surprised if I hurt myself or somebody else. That's the seed I was sowing. If I sow chaos, then I sure don't need to expect stability in my family. It's a law. A seed produces whatever that seed is. In other words, you reap what you sow. But this great truth goes further than, than you think. This great truth goes a lot further. Look at number three. We reap more than we sow. <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, it's also a natural law. When I take an apple seed, I'm going to go with the apple thing this time. I take an apple seed and I put the apple seed in the ground. It does not produce, it doesn't grow a big seed. It produces an apple tree with hundreds of apples and thousands of seeds every year. <laughs> Talking about multiplication, I sow one seed and over a period of time can have an orchard. That's what it is. We reap more than we sow. Now, that's great when it's apples, and I know you can smell apple pies all over the place when I say that. But that's not so great when it's chickweed or crabgrass in the yard. That's not what you want. Uh, more is not always better. It's not better when one drink of alcohol turns into a lifetime of alcoholism and addiction. It's true. It's not better when a secret affair wrecks a marriage and a home and children. We reap more than we sow. It's not great when a mom and dad's laziness about just, just attending the house of God and, and being a part of a church turns into grandchildren who don't even know what a church is. It happens over generations sometimes. We reap more than we sow, even when we don't mean to. Look at Hosea 8, 7. They have planted the wind, and they harvest the whirlwind. Ooh, that's another way of saying you reap 
more than you sow. It's true. God's message is sometimes, sometimes that reaping more than we sow is not what we're looking for. It's, it's not like this. Sow to the wind, reap the wind. Sow to the wind, reap tornado. Think about that. That should sober us a little bit about how we, how we speak to people, how we treat our children, what we teach our children. What we teach our children is important. What we teach the priorities are. Because whatever we teach them is going to multiply. Huge. I'm reminded of, of Pastor Jeremy, uh, something he taught the young people. One time I went over and I just wanted to listen to youth service. I, I love it. And I, I was over there listening. Pastor Jeremy said something that has, I mean, it, it, this changed everything. <laughs> In my mind, it made so much sense. And I tell master students this now. I tell people when I counsel, tell my family, anybody. You can't manage sin. You can't, ma- you can't take sin and manage it like you do money or like you do whatever. You can't manage sin. Even a little bitty sin is going to blow up on you. You can't manage. You say, oh, I, that, a little bit won't hurt. A little bit won't hurt. I can just do this a little bit. It won't hurt. And it'll blow up on you pretty soon. It'll control you. You can't manage sin. Sin always gets beyond our ability to manage it. Every drug addict, every alcoholic, every porn addict always thought I can handle a little of this. And they can't. It's true. We reap more then we sow. But hey, that can be good too. It's not just a negative thing. It's a real good thing. One kind word, one kind deed, one word of witness about Jesus to somebody at Publix or somebody at Walmart or somebody in the family can change a life forever. It's true. You know, I, I, just, I just read last night about a, a missionary Assemblies of God missionary that had gone to uh, one of the countries in southern Africa that had that they were there for a short amount of time and only had led one family to Jesus in this entire village and region and then the country closed down they were taken over by communists and the the country closed down for about five or seven years or whatever it was and the missionary was not able to go back and and there was just one family that had come to the Lord and uh, when, the, when the government changed and they were able to go back in, the missionary made a reunion in that it was going to go to that little village again for the first time in five to seven years, something like that. And when he got there, he found about 5,000 believers. <laughs> you know why? Because he reaped more than he sowed. He sowed into one family, and they kept sowing, and they kept sowing, and they kept sowing in the middle of the darkness. That's the truth. It's a good thing, too. It's a real good thing. Here's another truth about the law of sowing and reaping. Number four, we reap later than we sow. The harvest doesn't come immediately after planting. Whether you plant good seed or bad seed, we want it to, but it doesn't. Uh, There's a time you plant, there's a time when you harvest. Uh, They're not the same time ever. They come in a different season from planting season. You may have heard this verse before quoted. Cast your bread upon the waters and you'll find it after many days. 
me tell you what that means. Bread is, is, is something we need, and it's also something you give away to somebody that you want to feed. Cast your bread on the water, which means give your bread away, and after a while, it'll come back to you. It's like when you throw something out in the water, eventually it washes back up on the shore. But it takes time. You, your good deeds, the way you give away your faith, the way you give away things that people need, it'll eventually come back to you. Uh, Paul said it this way. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So he's letting us know, don't expect the harvest immediately. Sometimes it comes later. It comes in a different season from when the seed is planted. Now, anybody that's gone through a breakup in the home or divorce or addiction or abortion or all those kind of things realize the, down the road is really when you see the damage. You understand that. But let me tell you what, it's a good thing too that it comes later. Earlier today, this is just a blessing I had today. Earlier today, Sam, one of the guys that um, plays the guitar up here, Sam uh, came to me and said, I want to show you something. And he, he showed me a little piece of paper, a little tiny piece of paper that I had given him, oh, eight, eight, or, eight or nine years ago in, in a counseling session. He was going through some really tough times, had, had sown some bad seed, and just, I, I've got I've to get some things together in my life. I'd given him a, a small little piece of paper, and he put it in his billfold. He still had it in his billfold. And uh, it's, I think it just said, uh, uh, God has given, uh, you have a new mind in Christ. And my whole thing was, you need to think about things different. If you'll think about what God says instead of what you say, you can overcome this. And he did. And his family, <laughs> they're sitting right back there right now. His family, child in there, worshiping God. And I'm going, I just, I just my heart just went, Oh, that's so cool. It's so cool. But it, it happens, Pastor Jeremy was saying, I told him, he said, it always happens. Young people, it's so incredible. You see that harvest come back, even sometimes years later when you think it won't. It does. Because the seeds you plant, if you water those seeds with prayer, they come back later than you sow, but more than you sow. There's a, there's a difference between planting season and harvesting season. Whether it's good or bad seed, God provides the harvest in God's time after many days. Now, you and I don't really like that. I hate that. I don't like that at all. We live in this era of get your trophy today. <laughs> and uh, patience isn't exactly a common virtue that we, we have in our society. I mean, when I pray, I want immediately to get an answer from God. And I want immediate healing. I want immediate blessing. I want immediate uh, uh, fix to my problems. Do we not? Absolutely. I want all that now. Now. But brother, when somebody does me wrong, I want immediate judgment. Yeah, we're, we're laughing. It's the truth, isn't it? I want immediate judgment pronto. I scream, unfair, when God lets something go on in my life. And I think, why haven't you solved this yet? This isn't fair. I want you to right this wrong. I want you to solve my problem. I want you to alleviate my suffering. The law of the harvest is not quick. 
That's to our benefit too. And let me tell you why. I want to read to you the most powerful scripture in the book of Psalms, in my opinion. (laughs) Here's what it says. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. (laughs) He will not constantly accuse us or remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Is that not good news? His slowness, his delay is all for our good. And here's why. Because we each sometimes need a time in our life to examine our heart and give a time for us to say, God, I'm not going to live like this. And repent. And repentance is something you sow. And what do you reap from repentance? Forgiveness before the judgment falls. It's built in. God has, really, it is. God has built in a way for us to not have to have the eternal hammer coming down. No matter what we've done, we have an opportunity to sow repentance and reap forgiveness. Now that's, that's a huge thing, a huge thing. You know, um, I, I, uh, I've noticed in the winter for people that have Bermuda grass and zoysia grass, uh, you know, when winter comes, it dies, right? And it turns brown. So everybody's got these brown yards. And then in the, in the spring and summer, they've got these pretty green yards. But then you drive along and you look at this. You're driving about and you go, oh, that's pretty brown grass. Then you go to this next one and there's green. And you go, what in the world? How did you get your grass so green? Oh, well, I, I sowed over it. In the summer, it's, it's zoysia. But I, I put winter ryegrass so that I'll have green grass in the winter. I'm going, Brilliant. Folks, that's what repentance is. Repentance is we sow seeds that we ought to, we ought to get God's judgment, because, but we oversow it with this thing, genuine repentance, not silly prayers, but genuine repentance, turning from our sin. And what does God do? He gives us life where there should have been death. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins because we have sown repentance and receive Forgiveness. There's this uh, very non-Christian thing you've heard of called karma. Sometimes it sounds like sowing and reaping is just the Christian version of karma. Karma means you get what you deserve. <laughs> That's what it means. Karma is the kind of thing people, people say, you know, this person robbed a bank and he ran out in front of a car and got hit by the car. That was karma that killed him. Like karma was driving the karma. I mean the car. <laughs> and I know on the surface, the law of sowing and reaping looks like karma. But there's a huge difference. Karma doesn't have a redemption plan. <laughs> no, karma doesn't have a redemption plan. Jesus is the redemption plan. 
I know what I deserve, but in genuine repentance, when I come to God, no matter what seeds I've planted and even reaped a lot of the harvest of those seeds, no matter what's happened in my past, guess what God has done? He has put Jesus on the cross in my place. And Jesus took the punishment so I could be free. It's built in. Hey, look, Jesus loves you. Karma doesn't love you. Jesus loves you. He's the one that cares. Now, yes, there are consequences to sins. Prisons are full of people who are serving legal consequences to sin, something they did wrong in prison. And while they're there, some of them meet Jesus. And even though their body temporarily is on this earth is still in a prison, they are free indeed. Because all judgment for eternity is gone. And they walk around going, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And they're behind bars. But they're, they're free. You know why? Because that's how God has worked it out. God has a way, even when certain consequences happen that are, that are natural and certain consequences happen when, when some people, certain sins are committed. But God has a way of taking the eternal value of those things and flipping it around. That is how much He loves us. And he cares for us. Now, folks, that changes everything. That changes everything. Verses 13 and 14 in that same psalm say this. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are, he remembers we are only dust. Karma doesn't do that. But Jesus does. He knows who we are. That doesn't take our sin away. That doesn't even take our knowledge that we've done that. The law of sowing and reaping is, is a truth. It's a truth. We can never erase the record of what we have done, at least on this earth and in our mind. But we can erase the eternal value of that record because Jesus has placed in the blood of Jesus our sins to be washed away. And that changes everything. Everything. It applies to every part of our lives. The law of sowing and reaping, including repentance and forgiveness, applies to our children, our parents, our employers, our employees. And it impacts the way we treat other people, the way we serve God, the way we handle our finances. Hey, if you, if you want to be rich, give. If you want to be poor, grasp. You know, it's the truth. It applies to the good and the bad. We, God wants us to live our life at the fullest. And in order to do so, you've got to understand this principle. Sowing and reaping matters. So choose the good seed. Sow it in good places. And when we don't, let repentance and forgiveness be our guide. Now, I've got one more point. And this one will take us from here to where we're going next. Number five, we cannot do anything about last year's harvest. But we can about this year's. And it's the truth. What you did this year, last year, last month, yesterday, is over and past. We can't change that record, 
we, sometimes we can't even change the record of some of the consequences that we have to have on the earth. But we have a chance to change the way we live. We have a chance by sowing the right seed, by repenting of our sins, and by moving forward because the same, the same sowing, you can sow into grace and power. This whole series has been about this changes everything. And I want you to know this. When we sow the right seed, no matter what the past is, when you sow the right seed, you can move forward with what God has planned for your life. How do you do that? By realizing that God is with us, that His power lives in us, that we have authority over darkness, and that the law of sowing and reaping can be your best friend if you use it right. I'm going to ask you all just to, to listen for a second. I believe that in the room there are people that while this message has been going on, you've thought, oh my gosh, sowing and reaping, I'm up a creek. I am up a creek. You have a picture that there's this thing of good deeds and bad deeds, and if the good deeds don't outweigh the bad deeds, you're in trouble. Forget that picture. Forget that picture. Jesus Christ said, I'll take all the bad stuff, and I'll redeem it and give you new life and give you the ability to walk in, in, with me. Some of you, you need to know that's the good news. That's the good news. That's the good news. And today you can receive it. And there's some of you in here say, wow, I have planted so many seeds in my children. And, and I'm, I'm seeing them reaping what I started in them. And you want to intercede for your kids today. Let me tell you what, you can sow seeds of intercession that can change the lives of your children and grandchildren. And you need to pray today. Ask God to do that. And for some of you in the room today, you say, I don't want to just overcome that. I really want to move forward in my life. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want God to have His way in me. Some of you today, God would fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you His power. Some of you today need to come and say, I need to know what God wants me to do. I want to plant the right seed. Somebody come pray for me. Somebody pray for me. There's not a burden you can bring in this auditorium that can't be handled today. And those of you that are listening online, there's not a burden that you're carrying right now that God can't.